0: We're one man down this week, but unlike Jose Mourinho, we're not complaining about it. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Behind the pod, everybody. Uh, Seba has not been able to join us this week. He's quite all right, so don't fear, listeners.
1: Um, Who would you say we're missing from our our classical lineup? Are we missing Cristiano Ronaldo? Or are we missing Messi? I'd
2: say Chablonsi he's more of a, I'd say he's more of a. If we're going for Real Madrid, yeah, maybe a Xabi Alonso and yeah, mid real kind of solid midfield hold.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, the creative force yeah. behind the pod. That, that that sounds about right. He's he's not one footed enough or one eyed enough, let's say, to be on Di Maria. Uh, <laughs>
2: He'd kill us next week if you found us comparing him to Maria. <laughs> 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 yes, and, except
0: for using the word not very prominently in the sentence, so hopefully. Sam, <laughs> so in, in case you're listening.
2: I don't listening. Listen, so I'm, okay.
0: I'm Sam Kelly, and as you've already heard, I'm sitting betwixt the two Dans, English and Australian. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, and We're here to discuss um, essentially a weekend of football which to uh, round up really quickly the, the current standings has left River Plate still top of the table but not quite as comfortably as they were or as they might have been at least um, River have 19 points bella sarsfield and somebody else are on 18 Olimpo mm-hmm. I think Olimpo is team on about 18. Th- third or fourth and San Lorenzo and uh, Estudiantes are a, a couple further back We've um, as well Yes, along with Racing, who who won the Clásico against Independiente. We'll get on to that later. Vélez uh, and San Lorenzo, are, as we speak, are scheduled to play the 83 minutes that they have in hand. After their match was called off a few weeks ago, you'll remember us talking about the, the death of, of one of San Lorenzo's fans at the hands of the police uh, for that game. They're scheduled to play that tomorrow at 5 o'clock, as things currently stand, but we were watching the, the sports news bulletins just before Ossie Dan turned up, English, and I, uh, English Dan and I were watching them, and Villas have decided that they'd, they'd like to appeal to the AFA and try and get the match postponed until the 8th of June, <laughs> which is several weeks after the end of the season, so how that's going to affect the championship run, and if they decide that, that it's a legitimate appeal, we don't know. I wouldn't have thought it
2: would go through, would it? They're, they're going to have to play tomorrow, having left it so late to I think they're going to have to play tomorrow, yeah, I'd be very, very surprised, I mean, especially since Villas at the moment aren't Exactly in the AFA's good books or Subsef mm. their security gurus good books. I can't see them getting much um, getting much leeway in that in that no, sense.
1: They probably just don't want to clash with the, the Spanish Cup final. Nobody in Argentina will be watching
0: the Spanish Cup final as a result, so they, they <laughs> took pity on the Spanish <laughs> right. FA and uh, I thought that yeah. Uh, we should clarify of course that we say tomorrow because we're recording on Tuesday night, but for those of you who are listening, pretty much as I upload this, probably tomorrow, we're talking about roughly right now. <laughs> so I suppose I'll probably get it on sometime uh, early
1: Wednesday evening, late Wednesday afternoon. I thought I'd start with a, a stat which I think is going to um, tie in a lot of the themes we'll be talking about this week. Uh, more than one stat, actually, it's like a multifaceted diamond of a stat. But um, it's that firstly that Boca in 10 games have scored only eight goals in their in their close order. Um, interestingly, that's the, exactly the same amount as uh, strike Woluzzi, the Tigre striker who, who scored three against them on on Saturday? Mm. Sunday? Sunday. Yeah, it was on Sunday, yeah? Yeah. 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 Three, three, and, four. well, the other interesting part of that is that Boca's in 15th place. River have actually only got nine goals, even though they're in first place. Mm. So this is all tied into what we were talking about previously, about uh, how, how tight the table is.
2: If I, if I may interject slightly, I yes. can... I can see your stat and raise it one. because uh, The interesting thing about Strakalurci <clears throat> as well. In? <laughs> in English, please. In English, right. Sorry, it's difficult. Yeah, um, he scored eight goals so far, and I think he scored 11 in the Apertura. And that's about maybe the same or even more than Gymnasia have managed in both those seasons. And he's actually yes. online from Gymnasia some, for some. <clears throat> unknown reason they decided to let him
0: a well, line to Tigre w- we had a question from Bataglia on, on Twitter he's I, I haven't met him face to face but Sebastian I've been in Bataglia. touch with him via yeah, Rodrigo, Maybe. Um, Could we? Uh, I've been in touch with him via email for a couple of years <laughs> so I to know he's a River fan from Argentina but he's now living in New Zealand um, and he was asking us about Stratkulosi and saying that he may be the, the one of the lowest profile ever top scorers in the Primera. Uh, and in fact, he's 23 years old and I think the reason Gimnasia were happy to let him go on loan is he didn't actually score all that money for Gymnasia. No, but he's true. having a stonking season yeah. at the moment. for. Yeah,
1: team. especially after the last Sunday's game, I don't think he, he's very low profile anymore. Uh, he was mm. uh, the first guy to score a hat-trick at the Bombonera since uh, since Cerotto uh, back in 1996, I think. And there's only yeah. ever been about four or five people who've done that. Um, so he was his, his profile has been gradually building all year I mean, he was on five goals before that match Now he's top scorer with eight And yeah, scoring three goals against Boca He's not going mean, to... He's already been linked with, with a move to Boca next season I don't know if that's, that's probably just talk at this <laughs> stage But, you know, he's, he's going to be pretty hyped up now And being fairly young he's not, he's not a kid or anything But, you know, he's young enough to be still talking about a, a European move or whatever So I wouldn't agree that he's still low profile But...
2: I mean, I had an I had an interesting comparison first. Tala a contributor for Gal who I work with, made the comparison with Mario Boselli, who used to play for Estudiantes and Boca. Funny enough, and recently moved to Wigan. And I think there's something that is definitely kind of a penalty box poacher. He's, he's a big guy, right? He's, he's about a, a, like, a meter ninety, I think. <laughs> <laughs> a meter ninety, I think, yeah. Which and is about six foot four. Something like that, yeah. About a Gio, if we're going to use that kind of yeah. that comparison. And yeah, he's a real kind of poacher. He scored two with two of the head on Sunday against Boca. like two lovely glancing headers, and one of the best penalties as well you'll ever see. Like I don't know if either of you saw the penalty, but yeah, he actually hit yeah. it so hard he ended up doing a little jump at the end, and it just absolutely ripped the net. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, talking about a European move, I mean, he'd find it difficult. I think he's again one of these players who needs. Constant service, and he needs like the ball to be there for him. But it'll be interesting to see. Like He'll definitely carry on scoring goals in Argentina, I think.
1: I can't see him ever moving to England just because I don't think uh, some of the commentators there will be able to cope with his name. I mean, it's taken me about six months to learn how to spell his name. It's Straqua Lursi. We've grown
0: up listening to English commentators on the television, Dan, and we can assure you that <laughs> commentators was, yeah. not coping with surnames
1: wouldn't be a new thing. <laughs> well, even here, it's, it's not that easy to say and um, you've, uh, heard, yeah. you've heard a few different nicknames for him There's like there's Stracker or there's Strackers Strack or Tracker Is, a, is a, I, sometimes I call him the, the Strack Attack um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys None have your own like special that. nicknames for him let's <laughs> well, uh, call
2: him Lursilu at some <laughs> right.
1: right so but uh, yeah we'll see how he goes for the rest of the season and it could be a move to one of the bigger clubs on the cards uh, yeah. or perhaps a European move down the track he's one of these guys yeah as you say in the, the same uh, style as maybe a Maxi Lopez or a, I don't know one of these sort of biggest strikers who, you know, typical number nine. So or perhaps Herman Dennis. Not nothing to get over the moon excited about, but you know, definitely. Yeah, Score goals, I think.
2: Yeah. Not in a not in a top class club, but definitely in a kind of lower tier lower tier European club or a higher like entire club like, they'll definitely get close yeah. to you I think um, elsewhere in that game when, when
0: Stratford obviously got the hat trick we also had uh, another goal for Bocca from Juan Roman Riquelme this one was from open play and it's just occurred to me whilst you two were were talking that of the eight goals that Bocca have scored in this club, order Riquelme has been on the pitch for seven of them and mm-hmm. they, those seven have all come in the last three matches so having Perhaps at times questioned whether whether he was going to manage to stay fit, whether he was going to be able to hit the same kind of levels that he was at, say, two or three years ago when he was with Boca. It seems like he's definitely back. Well, in terms of
1: the fitness question, no, because he's out. He's out for three weeks now with an yeah. abdominal strain. Of course, he is, Yeah. No. In terms of influence on the pitch, I was watching that game, and in the first half, especially, he was absolutely monumental. Like, a, a Tigre went two goals up uh, from the two headers from strike attack. And Di just absolutely was driving out of midfield, lifting the team entirely. He was having—he had three powerful shots on target, or, or um, perhaps just missing before. He, he didn't score the, the, first the first goal, but he, he he sort of drove into the into the box. It took a deflection, and then Colasso scored the first one. Mm. He scored a, a brilliant second goal, and he was absolutely carrying that team. And he seemed to in the second half. He lost a bit of uh, steam, which is completely understandable. he already injured
2: himself at that point. Right,
1: and nobody else was basically doing anything and um, so in terms of influence yeah you, you, you can see when he's fully fit he's he's a step above everyone else in the league I think
2: yeah i mean i guess the question now looking forward four fixtures i believe to the super <coughs> is are we going to see another ri- another repeat of what happened last year where he kind of i think it's looking very similar because yeah right going to be up yeah, for 3 weeks they kind of what I heard of him, he's going to try his very best to get back to play against Independiente, mm, which right. would be in two games to at least give him a little bit of a cushion. But realistically, with like a, a stomach strain like that, I don't think we'll see him before Argentinos. And then he's got the same thing. He's only going to have 90 minutes behind his belt, yeah, obviously, the with same. a much less serious injury than the one that he was recovering from in uh, in last year's classico but, mm. but as say, yeah, gonna, yeah, very similar scenario to last year, so mm.
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, what happened in last year's Super Classico as very long term listeners who listened to our very first episode, which was a Super Classico preview, maybe a well you <laughs> is is uh is that Rick had been out for, for around six months, um, had played against Argentinos and then against River, managed to get injured after about six minutes or so. He, he I think pulled a cruciate ligament or something. Um, and was essentially sort of third wheel in, in Boca's... Bicycle of an attack <laughs> for, the rest of the first, for the rest
1: of the first half And then had to be substituted <laughs> at half time So in 29 games uh, for, the, for the season Including the Apertura and Klausura He's played in 8 of those 7 of those He's yeah. played the full the full game And, and one he played yeah. half a game So fit,
0: fitness is a problem But obviously Bocca's goal scoring stats When he's on the pitch Compared with when he's not Particularly this year In the Klausura Have been astonishing um, and another thing that was really bizarre about the weekend just gone was that the Sunday matches there were four games and all four of them finished in draws, and also that w- we had the kind of full range of scorelines because there was a nil-nil, which was Gimnasia versus River Plate. Um, a, a one-one game, one-one, that one, by the way. Yeah, I, I didn't see any of Sunday's games at all. I was uh, I had a day trip to Uruguay um, you on Sunday afternoon. Truly atrocious. So, but was. yeah, I heard about it. Um, there was a one-one draw between San Lorenzo and. La Nusa, La Nusa.
2: Was La um, that, was that was on Saturday, wasn't it? That was not Saturday,
0: wasn't it? What was the 1-1 the other day? That's a good question. There was one. We'll get back to you on that. There was a 2-2 between um, Olimpo and Estudiantes in Bahia Blanca and a 3-3, of course, between Boca Juniors and, and Zebra. Colón Vélez. Colón Vélez was yeah, the 1-1 on with
2: Sunday. 95th minute goal, I think, from a Zapata to save a point for Bellas, Yeah, and which could prove very very important coming, the, coming it, into the season
0: it could do, particularly given the fact that River dropped two points in La Plata I got a text from the sadly absent Seba on the way back from Uruguay that evening telling me what the scores had been and I said to him that as a River fan it kind of felt like an opportunity missed because both San Lorenzo and Velas dropped points immediately before as we say they're due to play their game in hand and if River had got a win then Balest wouldn't have been able to overtake them even with a win um, in that match. What River would currently be four points uh, sorry would be three points clear, but obviously at the top of the table it's it's just a case of joint first because goal difference isn't used to decide the championship. Yeah. So it was a it kind of it felt like a big two points drop for River. I, I, mean, I, so I didn't see the game, but
2: I guess you could probably say the real winners at the top over the weekend, probably the winners in every sense, uh, <laughs> were Racing, hmm. who drew after a terrible run of form. Managed to win, yeah, two-nil the classical, and they're now within three points after last. For the last two weeks we've been saying, now that's the season basically over. Yeah, I, I mean, don't fighting know. Fighting you... for the title again. Well, yeah, for this week until <laughs> we go and lose again against Argentinos next week, I'm sure. No,
1: as, yeah, as we've talked about many times, it's just so close uh, between you know the yeah. the, the, the I mean no, the top two-thirds of the table. It's all really close. So yeah, yeah you
2: still, can. There's still probably seven teams there which you wouldn't be surprised if they finish champion. No. Probably the top seven and any of them have kind of the legs and they have the quality to finish champion if they can put some results together. Will that yeah.
1: tie into your question, Sam, about River? You had a question about River.
0: It does, yeah. Um, I, I was asked a question by uh, Gerro from Oregon, who sent me an email uh, earlier this evening asking whether, uh, whether I thought that River, or whether we thought rather, that River had a chance of winning the Torneo Clausura. It ties in as well with something that we were talking about when we weren't recording a couple of weeks ago about who River have still got to play. And so I did a little bit of research and looked at the current table and found that, obviously, River are top of the Klausor after 10 rounds and Belles are second. And River have already played Belles. But the teams, the the other six teams in the top eight, so the teams from third to eighth, River haven't played any of them at all. In their next nine matches... Um, six of the teams that River have to play uh, are in the top eight and they're going to be going for the title. They still have to to play Olimpo, they have to play Estudiantes, San Lorenzo they've got to visit, Racing, and Boca Juniors who aren't in the top eight but obviously that's the the classico where it's a cliche but to some extent form goes out the window in in derbies as Racing found out at the weekend.
1: Um, I uh, I think we we might have mentioned it briefly last week but uh, Talking about them as, as title contenders, yeah. In terms of who they haven't played yet, uh, exactly. I think it's a good point. Uh, I think you, you have to say that, yeah. Of course, they they do have a chance to win it because mm. right, we're halfway through the season, more Absolutely. than halfway, and and they're top of the table, and they have played some some decent football at times. Uh, and they've got what looks like a
0: solid enough defence as well. Yes, but obviously, it's going to be tested much more sternly. They do
1: have these games like like, left, the like um, on the weekend, where it was really terrible to watch. I mean. Created very very few chances yeah. despite all this all this midfield talent that they have. Um, Gimnasia is also you know according according to the coach Kappa is supposed to be an attacking team as well. But it was yeah. just it was probably the worst game I've seen all year. There was some controversy about the, the state of the pitch
0: um, uh. prior to the game. And I, uh, but having said that, JJ Lopez was in the, the press yesterday. Uh, River Plate's manager saying that he thought that if they'd the match had been played in Gimnasia Stadium rather than in the the municipal stadium in La Plata which
1: is where Estudiantes are playing their home games he thought that Gimnasia might well have beaten River in fact Yeah but they keep complaining about that it's uh, the Estadio Unico the, the new stadium in La Plata keep complaining about the pitch but if we saw early in the week um, was it this week? Crucero scored yeah. three goals against the Estudiantes yeah, on the Michael same pitch and nice and played some some nice football so it's, yeah. you know, it's one of those excuses that it doesn't really fly, mm. in my opinion.
2: I mean, I can accept that it probably didn't help to create a regular spectacle of football. Because I think Canasia and River, we can both agree, are two teams that do like to play the ball and they do like to play the ball on the floor and play some nice passing football. And if yeah. If the pitch is half sand, it could it could affect them affect them like that. But apart from that, I don't think that excuse yeah, flies much. No,
0: no, absolutely. Um, both of you were at the. Clásico de Avellaneda on Saturday. Uh, Dan was in the Racing Popular, of course, and I think Seba was in there somewhere as well, or he might have been in the <laughs> I'm not sure where
2: Seba was. Yeah. Well, I've had me hints back.
0: Yeah, yeah and, uh, and Australian Dan was, was in the press <laughs> section. Um, so you both had rather
1: different views of the pitch, perhaps, but what did you make of the game I was watching on television? First, let me tell the story of Seba. Like, I went, went to the game with um, Seba and uh, a Chilean journalist, uh, Cecilia Lagos. Uh, Cecilia and I had press accreditation. Seba was going to try and arrange something when he got to the ground. <laughs> uh, so Se- Seba used to work for Racing's official TV station, right. which is how I think probably how he thought he
0: might be able to get in.
1: Yeah, so we got there and Cecilia and I got in okay, and then and Seba as well. You know, he knew all the people there, and then it turned out the guy who uh, was supposed to be getting him in had been fired during the week or something. and was now banned from the stadium <laughs> or something. <laughs> So we we're all sort of standing around there for a while, and then some, you know, he sort of disappeared into some back room, and then said, "Well, you guys just go in." Uh, so that was the last I saw of him. <laughs> but then I got a message, you know, like 20 minutes into the game, he said, "I'm like, I'm down by the corner flag with my cousins or something." <laughs> and then later after the game, I got a message from him. Right, he, he wanted to come into the press zone, and he wanted me to give him his, give him a, a press pass or something. But at this stage, I was this was while the press conference was going on. I was like. Over on the far side of the press conference, I would have had to walk in front of Rousseau as he was speaking, kind of thing. So you know, I didn't get out to give him a press pass. But then he sent me another message like, oh, I'm on my way home with." I, I ran into some friends and and he got a lift home somehow. Whereas it took us hours to get home to get on, a, on public transport. Oh, but okay. so yeah, he sounded like he had an interesting uh, interesting evening. But at least he got to, saw the game, to see the game as well. But um, yeah, no, from the from the press area, it was it was spectacular. It was, I said on Twitter during the week. I think it was probably the best atmosphere I've ever seen at a, at a football game I, I haven't been to a, a Boca River Super Classico but according to what perhaps Dan will tell you um, this is perhaps even better it was just insane atmosphere in terms of say emotion uh, the only thing I can compare was the, uh, the probably the, the other best game I've been to was Argentina Peru in the, the qualifiers where there was a torrential rain and the, 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 the game where Palermo scored in the 6 minute of extra time or something but apart from that no the atmosphere was just insane uh, I'm sure it was from where you were sitting as well Dan
2: it was pretty incredible yeah I mean obviously I'm no stranger to the Racing Popular. I'm there every two weeks so I'm used to kind of the the chanting the jumping and it's pretty pretty full on in even the dullest of games but yeah this one you could tell there was definitely there's just an extra something in the air and there's kind of like just this like ele- electricity this like anxiety that was going along with it you know Smoke. The smoke, <laughs> which was incredible, I think. I was talking to a friend of mine who's... I'll tell you no, I don't hang around with bad people. like He's not in Navarra, <laughs> but in the Agrupación de, de Lincha, which you say kind of like the official supporters group, maybe? Yeah. It's kind of like linked like to that. the Club, yeah. And he was telling me the smoke bombs and flares that they used in that game came to uh, 9,000 pesos, mm-hmm. which is nearly about just under two and a half thousand US dollars I believe Yeah. if we're going to go for that so they definitely uh, the, the Enchadas and the uh, supporters groups they put their work in to make the spectacle and it came off because before the game it was fairly interesting because I wasn't aware of this before until Sunday evening when I woke up after yeah, celebrating quite <laughs> quite um, vigorously the wrestling win and reading through the things that have been put on all la- about it one of them was about this uh, supposedly massive security that they're supposed to have with, uh, I think, breath tests and metal detectors and all this. Basically, me with my group of friends we go with every week. Um, we turned up maybe three hours before kick-off. I managed to kind of just stroll across the visitors, the visitors entrances, for the start and into uh, into a bar that we frequent just around this corner from the from the stand. And considering, you know, this is meant to be like a complete alcohol exclusion zone, it was <laughs> nice to just sit down and have a milanesa and a couple of kilmers with a table of policemen <laughs> sitting right behind us. Which, yeah, so we kind of... We had a couple of kilmers and arrived fairly early and fairly fairly merry towards the ground. You know, around the back, I don't think we even got um, searched or patted down or anything. It was great and, yeah, just... A brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. Like with the goals, we must have ended up about 10, I say rows, like con- by rows I mean concrete steps, kind of 10 rows in front of where we started the game because the surge yeah, was, was just incredible. Like as soon as Alchi, I think he got the first one, which was a glorious goal. Mm. Like just you saw people. Running kind of Zulu style towards <laughs> the gates to congratulate him, and that went on for the entire popular, which is 20,000 people. In yeah,
0: I was um, I was offered the chance with another of my friends, who's a member of Rasic, to, to get in the popular, and didn't end up going for it because he he wasn't sure uh, he couldn't get hold of the ticket before the game, basically. And so I might have been going all the way down to Amsterdam, and it's find that he couldn't get me in, and then missed the game, you know, having to travel back. Yeah. And when I saw that happen, I've I've got a very weak left shoulder has dislocated three times and and when that happened I kind of watched it on the telly and thought yeah I'm quite glad I'm not in the popular now because I really I wouldn't have felt comfortable with that at all
1: Um, yeah well good that you brought up the game itself because it was an excellent game as well yeah. uh, what made
2: it even better yeah was that racing played an absolute blinder of a game especially in the second half I think we
1: mentioned it was two 0 right um, yeah. but yeah as you say the second uh, the first half I thought it was, it was fairly cagey um, yeah. as
2: you kind of expect from a classic goal, like both teams couldn't afford to lose really
1: right and n- nothing no, yeah no no sort of fluid play or anything and the first goal came at the end of the first half yeah. right Yeah. R- yeah. R- right three minutes on, so. yeah. as Dan said a really lovely um, back heel or taco from from uh, Teo, Teofilo uh, Gutierrez, the, the Colombian. Nice finish by Auche, and then yeah, the, the place just erupted. And then uh, the second half, I was really, really impressed with what i seen, the way that they yeah. they dominated the match after that, really pressing Independiente in defense and hanging on to possession. And then they got the second goal, and yeah. it was all over. So and after having a couple here, of yeah. chances
0: to, to get the second as well, the Gutierrez scored it mm-hmm. after about 83 minutes, but they had a couple before that throughout yeah, a very Guttieras. good chances, yeah. But it, it, it was, you know, we were saying last week that Gutierrez needed to step up again and, and he played a good game. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, he played a He next set up game, first yeah. and, and then the, the way that he finished his, his own goal as well, he kind of, the cross came over from the left wing and, and he hit it kind of almost straight into Asman, the, um, no, it wasn't Asman, was yeah, it? It, it was, it was Asman. Asman goal, wasn't it? Who, you uh, should mention, also had a, an inspired game which had kept uh, Racing... Yeah. Uh, and, and the ball kind of sprung up and was looping up, and Teo just reacted quickly and set this yeah. looping header back and over and and the fantastic reaction lineup, header.
2: So. I think Asman didn't have a clue what was coming. Like, no. I don't think he managed to get his hands up again. Like, just swooped and it went in.
0: Yeah, it was but, it was a really yeah. good second finish. But um, I think what
2: what you were saying about Teo can almost be generalised to the whole Racing team. Like the way they set out, they're a team that play 3-4-3 Which correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think any other team currently play in such kind of an attacking manner. No. Maybe I'm wrong but not in yeah, so out and out attack. No, I think three it, you've, you've got a couple swords. who might threat who might play
0: three, four, one, two or something, yeah. but it three a flat three four three is, is Yeah. Unusual
2: here. And so basically kinda if you're gonna be playing with that kinda all out attack, you need to be playing with confidence and you need to think, right, the best form of defence is attack and that's what we're gonna do and I yeah. think I think maybe uh, when the run started against Estudiantes they tried it as hard as they could but obviously we all know Estudiantes for my money they're one of the best teams in Argentina and they managed to nullify and get a counter-attack goal and that was kind of the pattern a few times for Racing playing in this it's like the high-risk strategy that wasn't quite coming off in recent weeks and no, luckily on on Saturday it came off to perfection
0: One slightly disappointing note for Racing I imagine is uh, the second red card in as many games for Lucas Ligt when he was sent off against Tigre a couple of weeks ago we, we were saying he was slightly harsh because he got booked for a foul that he basically didn't commit and then in his frustration turned around and applauded the referee and got a second booking but then to when you're two nil up and he got sent off in stoppage time yeah i can't was, even remember that, it actually. it was it when was it a red it card it, it was a if i remember rightly it was quite a kind of over the top it was a um, double two-footed it, it challenge a double-footed uh, yeah. jatter, yeah. um like it was a step definite red challenge. card but just when you're 2 two-nil up and and mm. into stoppage time there's no need to you know to even be trying to win the ball really in the situation that he was in and you start to wonder whether he's um he's clearly a good player and Rassing missed him a lot while he was suspended before but for him to come back and then do that straight away again is
2: yeah it was absolutely boneheaded Like that's yeah. the only word for it um, I'm guessing it was he must have just had a rush of blood to the head and you know the excitement the nerves got to him in those final minutes and he just completely lost his head that's the only way I can describe it without you know descending into a, spring of the splater, a string of his spliters <laughs> he'll be out for the next game and I think it's just the one game he'll be he'll miss yeah. but again yeah that's a bit of a problem area for Racing because last year Jose Luis Fernandez, who was a very very talented young left midfielder,
0: Who's to moved to yeah, uh, was sub
2: to Porto, I say. Porto, that's one. Racing are very kind of weak on that left hand side now with leashes isn't there, so mm. he's definitely yeah, le- left the team left the team a uh, lot worse for his absence
1: yeah uh, just uh, finally on that game uh, my, my favourite quote from the press conference was Rousseau um, the coach when he was asked um, was asked by one of the Racing journalists um, so he mentioned something about being contenders or, or the title or something and he just got this weary look on his face and he said uh, I can see this being the, the most difficult week of the year because um we're going to get asked. Myself and the players are going to be asked every every five questions. We're going to be asked about whether we're contenders or not after this, you know, this single win. And uh, I think it was, yeah, it was just funny as, uh, as we said, typical of this this uh, order tournament where everyone's so close and all you need to do is string a couple of wins together and suddenly contenders again. You lose a few games, suddenly, uh, you know.
2: That's just typical more than that of wrestling because I was in the stands for Racing in the away end and the team got whistled <laughs> off the pitch. After an awful, awful nil nil draw <coughs> probably on the level of uh, River Riva Gimnasia. And yeah, the feeling there was <coughs> that's it, you know. we'll, yeah. win the, we'll win the we win the classical and then that's it, you know, that's all we got to look forward to this season. We'll win the classical and everyone's like, oh, but <coughs> we're in three points champion. off the yeah. top huh? <laughs> It's just this kind of yeah, kinda of masochistic mindset of the Racing fan. Yeah. You either have to like love your team and think they're gonna win, I need to have it all fall back in a crushing cascade of disappointment later no later.
0: <laughs> On another note, and um, less, less to do with the Classico and more to do with the other matches that were taking place uh, on earlier on in the weekend, there were, as Dan's just reminded us, because we had a brief break for me to put some warmer clothing on, I've been sitting out here in a bikini until now, in the, <laughs> in the recording, we had two really big surprises, uh, the first of which was Kielmes winning a match, 3-1 against Newell's old, New old Boys, thank you very much. And the second of which, which was perhaps even more staggering. And in fact, reminded me a little of, of the, the hat-trick that Denis Straqualosi got against Boca the next day, which, the third goal coming from a penalty, and the first coming in, in the first half. Because in the first half of All Boys' match against... Who were they
2: playing? They were playing Huracan.
0: Huracan. In the first half of All Boys' match against Huracan, Christian, Fabiani, El Ogro, uh... Or Fat fan yeah, I like Fat. to call in
2: the fridge Because he looks like one And it's his favourite place
0: <laughs> who, who we've talked about many times On Hand of Pods and, and who We perhaps privately wondered Whether he was ever going to score For All Boys Scored <laughs> two do, goals in Privately we did that? I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think we ever Mentioned it in public It's certainly, I think we'd, we'd all admit to Having believed it Whether we said it or not yeah. um, Scored two goals To, to put them 2-0 up At half time Against Can. Um, before being substituted <laughs> at half-time. And, of course, uh, they then got the third from a penalty about eight minutes into the second half. Fabiani's, Fabiani's goals, is he the next Teofilo Gutierrez? <laughs> would you be happy if Teofilo was sold in the winter, down and, and Racing signed Christian Fabiani? Or?
2: I think I'd go round uh, Molina's house, the Racing president, and punch him in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
1: thought it was pretty hilarious. I think I was. I would have been coming back from the... Lasting game at that stage you were messaging me, me about it, it Fabiani has two goals and I said oh, well, message me when he gets his hat trick he said well he's been subbed at half time yeah. that was pretty hilarious he just can't make past no. 45 minutes and I don't think he's, he's he won't be starting the next game will he, no, be, he I'd fun. be amazed I don't think he's got enough energy to play for <laughs> another month now <laughs> but yeah it,
0: it was certainly a big win for all boys as well against a, a relegation rival and We've talked before about how li- these matches, for particularly for Olimpo and All Boys and Quilmes, uh, well, maybe not so much Quilmes because they're already all but relegated, uh, but the wins for the clubs who've only come up this season mean that much more because they're divided by fewer matches, uh, points total to be done up in Argentina's labyrinthine relegation system. But yeah, I mean,
2: impressive performances, and particularly the killness game was. Yeah, I think we have to make allowances because Newell's old boys have been
1: terrible. Absolutely <laughs> yeah.
2: awful this year. Right,
1: I think I tipped yeah. Newell's last week, and you guys all looked at me funny because um, yeah, they, they've probably been in the worst form of anybody. It, well,
0: in fact, they have because it, it was the, the loss meant that killness leapfrogged them mm-hmm. into nineteenth, and Newell's are now twentieth in
2: the class Sora table. Plus, Newell's managed to um, basically engineer a double disappointment last week because I believe this would have happened after we recorded. If we recorded them the Monday, Tuesday had these incredible scenes from uh, Rosario. When did you not see this? No. When uh, the Bielsa. Newell's fans just took to the streets in their thousands to oh, request of uh, yeah. Marcelo Bielsa to come back, only to be told, I think, at about nine o'clock in the evening over a loudspeaker. That said that. Uh, Bielsa said he didn't say no; he said not right now.
0: Yeah, which which he's done to Newell's before actually, in, yeah. as as well, and the, when they named the previous I think when they named Sensini as manager actually he's been yeah. in charge for a couple of years hasn't he um, yeah, Cincini had yeah Yeah, and, and I think Bielsa was the first choice at
2: that point as well yeah. but, but obviously since then he's had the stadium named after him <laughs> and all the rest yeah but to be honest you can't blame Bielsa even for a second not taking over this team because they got rid of uh, Maro Formica the new Batistuta <laughs> in, uh, in pre-season and since then they've just looked really kind of really or, I think the bottom of the class order now. Kilmers leapfrogged them, mm. which gives you some idea of how poor they've been.
1: Yeah, and I think Bielsa's got himself uh, a job lined up in Spain. So he's got
2: a few offers, yeah. Yeah. But now the interesting thing is they've um, basically gone gone for the uh, the mantra, If you can't get the organ grinder, go for the monkey. So they've got Bielsa's old assistant in Argentina and Spain, uh, Javier Torrente he's now taken over. He, he <laughs> was recommended to them by Bielsa yeah. but wasn't he Bielsa said no I, I don't
0: but perhaps Donorante might be able to, yeah. to help you out. So they,
1: yeah. uh, I think it's also worth mentioning um, you br- mentioned briefly uh, Olimpo because uh, I always get the feeling that they're, you know, they've been doing really well this year. I think we yeah. said yeah. they're third or fourth in the table. Uh, and y- you always get the feeling that they're about to it's all about to fall apart, or whatever. You know, and they're a bit higher placed than they should be. But uh, I actually couldn't see the game that well, but against Estudiantes because my like, TV res- reception was was horrible for some reason. But from what I could sort of make out from the fuzzy shapes on the screen and, and hear from the commentary, they they seem to be playing, holding their own against Desuliantes and playing really well, good attacking football.
2: Yeah, basically that game was bizarre because all of the action came within about eight minutes. Yeah, I think <laughs> Olimpo were leading for a fair a fairly large portion of the game in Byelmalanka. And then, yeah, there's this eight minutes of madness where I can't remember who the Olimpo defender was, but he put in a fantastic own goal to level the game up. And about three minutes later, uh, Gaston Fernandez Lagata put in, I think it was, yeah, if I remember right, it was a pretty nice goal. And the Studiantes, he thought, OK, now they've got, they've got the bit between the teeth. They're going to go on and win this. But credit to Olimpo, they came straight back. It was uh, Martin Roli, I think we've talked about, a couple of times in the podcast think it might have been Nestor Barredo no I'm saying he uh, Rolet put uh, in sorry. a fantastic pass for uh, Nestor Barredo yeah the Paraguayan to, to put away that like, and he's having uh, a really good
1: season Rolet right yeah.
2: and Olympia yeah I mean they just to show the fight to come back against Estudiantes because it's not many teams in the Primera who would come back from Going down a goal against Suriantes, it doesn't and happen that often. As no. I said
1: before, uh, River have <coughs> nine goals in the in the Clausura, and Olimpia I think have 19 or something. Sorry, yeah, yeah, and like obviously with 14 or 15 against, but you know they're they're the team with the most goals in the, mm-hmm. in the tournament.
2: Then of course I think Dan predicted finally this week, and it came true. Argentinos lost after 10 games undefeated. Yeah, they went down one nil to Goiás Cruz. So you're right, you know, just keep putting, money, <laughs> keep putting the money on Argentinos and they will eventually lose. Yeah,
0: keep hopefully watching the
2: odds lengthen and <laughs> like, make back some of the money. Then. Exactly, <laughs> Cause yeah. Because we should say, yeah, Dan puts 50 pesos in all his perks. Exactly, yeah. yeah. If you know somewhere he can live, it will <laughs> be <strong. laughs> on, on which note, I think we'll we'll play, play him
0: in now and if he's ready, uh, we, he can get his witch's hat on and, um, and we'll... Join you in a second for Mystic Down. It's
1: a wizard's hat, Sam. <laughs>
2: Sorry.
1: Alright, so last week, as you mentioned, we had a lot of draws which kind of stuffed everything up. Um, so this week, thinking, I don't think it's going to change and we're going to have a lot of home wins, so I'm going. Uh, Newells, Banfield I'm going for Banfield with the away win and then five home wins in a row Independiente, All Boys Estudiantes, Colón, Vélez, Quilmes River, Godic Cruz I'm going for a draw Arsenal, Gymnasia I just read it completely wrong, it's not five home wins <laughs> Arsenal, Gymnasia is a draw Tigres, San Lorenzo, San Lorenzo to win away, Huracán, Boca I'm saying Boca is going to win this, they're going back to their 4-4-2 uh, Argentinos Racing, I'm taking a draw, and Lanús Olimpo, a draw. Forget the first part that I said. <laughs> I picked a lot of draws. So, so what do you guys think?
2: Uh, it sounds it sounds fairly reasonable to me. I don't think there's any really contentious ones. No. I do you think, think uh, Boca can eat Huracan? Huracan looking pretty bad again.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely go with that. And obviously Racing, I think you're going to be... I thought was we'll starters favourites the way to Argentinos. Yeah, but and now that Argentinos I'd say lost fairly, one, yeah.
1: and, you know, yeah, yeah no, I, I think there's uh, a. <laughs> do you know yeah, how? Yeah. What, Fair enough. Do you know what your numbers were from last week? Uh, it was pretty bad, I think. Okay. It was it would be two or three, I guess. Uh, I
2: think I managed five actually. Oh really? Yeah.
1: You picked all those all those draws.
2: Yeah, I think Sunday again, yeah, uh, did me some damage, but apart from that, yeah, I had uh, I had faith in Kimmer's and I had faith in Racing to win. All ah, right. Yes. That.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm still trying to look at the list because I never really listen very hardly when you're reading them out. Down there. Well, <laughs> you've got two. It's I, I think Independiente winning at home to All Boys. If it weren't for the home advantage, All Boys have done well in the last couple of matches. Now they, they, they've got, they've won two in a row, of course. Because apart from Fabiani's amazing double at the weekend, mm-hmm. score from a cumulative total of about eight yards out, I think they also had the Hugo Barrientos inspired win <laughs> over uh, was it Huracan the, the week before no oh, it wasn't that was one. One. <laughs> they had a 1-0 win over somebody um, so they've now won two in a run. yeah all those, uh, one of those teams I find really hard to tell what yeah. they're doing and what they're going to do yeah you never quite know what's, what's going to happen there. similar to that was, uh, they're going to point way to Independiente but I think now that Independiente are out of the Libertadores and perhaps starting to realise that they need to start playing
1: yeah I think that was my reasoning uh, yeah they're going to concentrate a little
0: more in, in terms of the relegation table um, we could perhaps just briefly discuss how it's going Kilmes is still bottom yeah. in the automatic relegation places I think Gymnasia are still in the other spots
2: either Gymnasia or might be
0: yeah so which would put Gymnasia either Gymnasia or Rehkan one of is being run against yeah. automatically. Either One way, there's, kind of there's a kind of between them. Sorry. All boys, I think, are in the other playoff spot. Possibly. Or they, actually, it or might, might
2: be... Might be Olimpo now, since...
0: God, yeah. yeah. And all boys will have leave And yeah. then there were a couple of, of other sides. But it's looking, to me, like, for this season, I think River pretty much safe now. Yeah. With, with their defense. Like that defence. Independiente, although they've looked quite awful yeah. at times in, they're only a point behind River in fact in, in the in the standings so you would think that those two should be okay but below them there are kind of four or five teams who are really going to be biting yeah, it out because the season t- comes it, to the conclusion. Such,
2: the nice things we said about them they're Absolutely. definitely still, still, down in, uh, still down in the mix yeah I think we could say apart from River it could be <coughs> any of those what was it about five teams that could still get kind of sucked down yeah yeah but again, a couple of them could win next week, and it's a whole different story. Mm.
0: It's
2: all very, very up, in the air,
0: up in the air still. I think we might even have a little bit more time left still, guys, shockingly. Uh, listeners may have picked up on the fact that we're not drinking Fernet this week. Uh, I was ill a couple of nights ago, and that's not alcohol-related, Ill, I was actually ill. So we haven't been drinking, and as a result, we're, we're rather less talkative than we normally are.
2: Plus, um, we, we're missing seven starting times as well, obviously.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and Zombies not been enough to, to, to irritate us. Shall we talk sure. a little bit about the... But there is uh, the, the International. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Th- there is an International being played on Wednesday evening. It's a highly prestigious one, set up for clearly purely sporting reasons. And it's being played between, as I nearly dropped the microphone, it's being played between Argentina's, uh, what's known as the local Seleccion, uh, which is a national team made up exclusively of players from from the, the clubs in, in the first division well no actually not just the first division but exclusively from clubs in Argentina they're playing against um, Ecuador it's being billed as Argentina-Ecuador but in fact you never quite know what standard of opponent you know whether Ecuador are going to be sending their first 11 or whether it's going to be Effectively, Argentina C against Ecuador C or not? And there's been some. It, it's being played. What about Salta or in Mar del Plata? In Mar del Plata,
2: which, if the weather carries on after, as it would, as it has recently, I wouldn't want to be in them sands. It's got to be pretty bitter down there. Yeah, yeah cold wind. Atlantic yeah, winds
0: coming in. Yeah, Yeah, particularly late at night on the coast. It often gets yeah, um, gets very chilly. Um, so it's being played down there, and, and there's been a bit of a fuss about the exact makeup of of the local squad because there are. More than a few um, players who are struggling to make at times Boca Juniors bench, I believe. Who I think that's more us making it
1: fast. I haven't actually heard much of it in the
0: <laughs> in the Argentine press. <laughs> well, there was there was a piece on Cancha Siena, which is the the sports website of La Nacion, yesterday, uh, talking about how essentially a lot of these local national side friendlies are just money spending exercises.
1: Yeah, yeah, there was that. That huge. That was today. Actually, it was a, a big piece, but uh, they, they weren't mentioning specifically the fact that for some reason. Boca Junior players seem to be favoured over are uh, other players, but yeah, that that piece exactly was uh, basically asking what the point of this 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 team is. Not just the fact that they're playing friendly, so why does this team exist? Mm. And yeah, they went through a series of points, and the main one being yeah, it's a money spinner spinner for Alpha, Like the 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 national team, the Selección, is is a, is a huge string in their bow. That's that's you know a yeah. sponsorship and 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 crowds and everything that's where they, they can make a lot of their cash from
2: I and think I'm slightly less cynical than my um, Australian namesake here because <laughs> I think they are quite useful not f- I think a lot of their team is kind of filler and I would say the Boca players I mean I think from Boca we've got Viatri and Malce who we've either barely played in the in the class order or Monzon, haven't Monzon. done much, and, Monzon and also Chavez. Chavez who has played a bit but hasn't really... Yeah, all of them, yet. I would call them fringe yeah. players. But at the same time, there's, uh, there's a couple of players who can definitely use this as like a stage to get into the Copa America. I think we might have been we might have talked about Isshoud, not in the way we talked about him last week, but <laughs> in, a, in a more footballing sense, he's definitely got a chance of uh, knocking on the door and making at least the Copa America squad, I can't see him making the 11. Mm. And Carizo's yeah, Quambi in in goal who's definitely I think if he plays well in the end of the season he's got a chance of coming as maybe the substitute keeper and even pushing pushing for the first place. Yeah, but do you yeah. think these
1: this match against Ecuador is gonna affect that in any way? I don't think so.
2: I think it's it's an interesting stage for because obviously <laughs> the last game that Carrizo played in uh, Abi Celeste was that awful six one defeat <laughs> against Bolivia. Which is basically kind of seems to have blackmarked him for in, the last two years, in spite of the fact that he wasn't really to blame for yeah, any and of the He probably would have he probably saved it from it being about seven or eight in uh, some cases. But yeah, I think for him at least, it's kind of a chance to uh, you know associate the Argentine shirt again with with good memories and show that show that he's um, a good goalkeeper because hands down, he's been the best goalkeeper in Argentina now since he's come back from Lazio. I, I wonder about the, the whole. Local national side thing, I I think to a huge
0: extent, a lot of Argentines seem to kind of lose interest in players once they leave Argentina. You know, Mm. lots of people here don't really watch European football at all. It's for precisely that kind of reason that, you know, a a lot of people here didn't really see very much wrong with Diego Maradona's squad for the last World Cup. They they were quite happy with the idea that Javier Sanetti and Esteban Cambiaso weren't being called up, you know, and all of this kind of thing they pay far more attention to to the local side of things so I'm probably closer to Australian Dan's opinion that it's very much a money-spinning thing with the AFA because they know that if they put out a team which is full of of the players who people here choose to watch every weekend maybe on the television and particularly because they're going to the provinces If, if, if it was playing in Buenos Aires I don't think that they would necessarily say sell the monumental out for it but they undoubtedly will sell out a stadium in
2: Mar del Plata or if they go to Salta or yeah. I think Chaco is anyway. they're playing against Paraguay like the next friendly that's yeah. Yeah. scheduled that's kind
1: of my point uh, and I think it was a, the, one of the points of this article as well it wasn't saying that you know money is the only reason it, it, there's also obviously the development of players as you mentioned guys like Pichu or Chaco yes. also from Racing or uh, Caris or whatever it, it, it's useful for those guys to have a few caps under their belt even if it's the problem is they don't they're not playing proper teams, they're playing Ghana's second string team or Panama's third string team or Ecuador's second string team. Yeah. So it's not any real experience that they're getting at an international level. One thing it's doing is increasing the, the value of the players and apart from that it's giving Batista something to do he gets to you know, he, he goes out to Eseiza and, and trains with the guys every twice a week or something and yeah apart from that, that that's one of the only explanations I can see why there's, there's guys like Diatri um, in the team uh, who who comes on as a sub for Boca and he scored what two goals this season yeah, yeah. whereas Trakwalursi who we talked about before has eight goals and he's not in the team
2: yeah I think that's definitely the most contentious thing that some of the players who do seem to be Doing really well. Haven't got a look in, whereas the players who are from the more established teams have kind of had their place by rights. Yeah, and uh, I think if, in terms of the development of the squad, they'd almost be better served
0: by coming up with something like the um, starting this year the, the Celtic Nations Cup in between Scotland and Wales and and Ireland. I've not read very much into it. I'm sure that I, I think it's a four-team tournament, but I. It might be Northern Ireland and the Republic, or it might be that there's another side in it. I apologise to our listeners in those countries. <laughs> They'd almost be better served by doing something like that and saying, you know, let's have a annual or biannual tournament at the start of winter, just kind of a round-robin thing between, I don't know, Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay and Chile's reserve mm. sides or something, you know, yeah. and, and send the local boys there and, and let, the, you know, let, let the European-based players, in particular players like Messi... Um, who play basically every Argentina game let them have, have the winter off Th- that would serve them better in terms of player development I think than, than playing as you say mm-hmm. against stuff like Panama's third team who without meaning to disrespect
2: Panama perhaps not the strongest opponents right, they could have chosen although I would say like in the defe- in this defence we're talking about Ecuador like Ecuador and my Panama and I would imagine no, absolutely. I, w- I would imagine they wouldn't send their European players over but I think what the the plan is that they probably send their domestic players, and as we've seen in the levatadores from Liga de Quito and mm. Emma Leck, who have done pretty well this year. That'll they've got the players there. It. Like I mean, they got a uh, player Luis Bolanos who's done very well in the league and is a very, very talented player. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be. I think we're not going to see a shortage of quality on Wednesday.
0: It'll be interesting to see. To see how good a game it is Whether it's going to be An interesting game to watch
2: Of it's own right yeah. Is another matter obviously I think yeah um, Maybe Maybe there's a little bit Of bias for me Because I think as a Racing fan We can expect to see Possibly as many As three players In the starting lineup After Occi's Very good performance In the Clásico I think it'll be Jacob, Bishud, And Occi all, all kind of starting Yeah Which is A very light Because these are players You see week in week out And you think These are you know Very very good club players mm. Absolutely. Um, any thoughts to add to that, Australian? done? No.
1: How, how old is Auchi?
2: Auchi is about twenty-four, twenty-five, yeah. I think.
1: So, do, is it realistic that he's ever going to be in the national team, like the full national team?
2: It would. Ha- it would come late. It would. It would definitely have so, to yeah, uh, come like, late. Yeah. But, but then he we have players like
1: him and players like The guys who've been playing really well, uh, Stadluti, for example. Um, he's twenty-five or twenty-six. Mm. I mean, guys like Jacob I can see the point because you know if. if if there's a few injuries in midfield, he, he'd have a chance of getting a call up to the full national team. But just these guys, I just don't see the point of w- why they're there. Why, like maybe make it an under, under 23 kind of team for, of local players and try out some of these younger midfielders like Batalia or, or somebody. But some of these guys, are, I don't see why they're in the team. Monzon, Maoce, really. <laughs> that's that's just my reservation about this team.
0: Yeah, and then, uh, and you've got uh, a player like say who so I think he's twenty four 24, 24, or so. yeah. and he's been to Europe already he, he played for Espanyol apparently according to Leila Carlson who's one of our listeners on Twitter told us that the <laughs> photographs of Pichu that, that we were mentioning last week were taken during his time at Espanyol yeah, God, but, God, yeah, God knows how knows that,
1: that. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, right, h- him you can see the point because uh, there's not much in the in way of right backs, and that he's being talked about as a potential successor to Zanetti. But by Batista, in fact, right? So, yeah, so, yeah you can see the, the point there. But some of these other guys, I'm not so, so sure. I guess we
2: can kind of see it as you know, maybe three or four players in the team can use it as. As a way to kind of like put themselves in the spotlight, maybe push on for the place, and then the others—it's just a nice thing to put up on their wall—a nice cap and <laughs> yeah, maybe nice yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I said, a
1: couple of extra million dollars to their price tag if they if they do get a move yeah. to Europe, or
2: something,
1: mm. to yeah. go into the coffers of the
0: Argentine FA, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll sign off on that note um, and and leave you until next week when hopefully we'll we'll have Seba back with us. Uh, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from the Dams Good night. Tchau,
2: Panchos. <laughs>